Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Why don't we pray in that atmosphere of worship and prayer, Father? We want to say that this morning, that the reason we're here is all about one person and one person only. And that's you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you're in this place by your spirit. Thank you that you're not here without a purpose, but with a purpose and an agenda for each of our hearts to be transformed this morning, to be more like you. Thank you, Lord, too, that you know every person in this place. Every hair on every head is numbered. Every heart is known Every home is known. What's going on in your world, God knows this morning. So, Father, I'm asking for the kind of anointing this morning that when I speak, it won't be me, but you would speak directly to situations and circumstances and bring your transformation this morning. And everyone with faith said? Amen. 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 Good to be with you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Kalamunda Church of Christ. My name's Brad, as been said. And um, yeah, it's great to be, be with you this morning. And um, never been here before, so first time. And just looking forward to sharing with you. Obviously, it's been stated that I put in an application for the role here. No pressure. <laughs> um, and genuinely, and I mean this with all my heart, and I said to the eldership team, I've been praying for you guys as a church, and, and I really just want God's person here. And if that's not me, I'm really comfortable and content with that. I just want God's will for our life and for your church. And we've been in a season of just doing that, finishing up after nearly five years at Parkerville Baptist Church in an associate role there part-time and just loving what God was doing there, but felt and knew that our season had come to an end with no other job to go to except to the shearing. So I'm a sheep shearer, been doing that. I go from one flock to the other. And I like what Kyla said, there are some similarities, but I'm not going to go, I could preach a whole sermon on fly-blown maggoty sheep and what it, how it relates to church life, but I'm not going to go there this morning because I figure that would just really be a, a big cross on my name straight away. So we're going to preach some encouraging words this morning. And so I'm loving it. I've actually lost about five kilos in three months. Sky, Sky's liking that. I'm liking that. Uh, just from going back out of the office into the shearing shed. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter who you are, we, what you're doing. We're all in full-time ministry if you love Jesus. If you love Jesus and you follow him, you don't need a title against your name. You don't need some letters. You don't need an office. You don't need a pulpit. You just need a heart on fire for God. And wherever you go, as for you and your house, you serve the Lord and your steps are ordered by him. So every day for me is an assignment from heaven. Every day is a day of ministry. Every day is just trying to get up and say, Lord, I am yours because I was bought with a price. And it wasn't a cheap price. It was an expensive price. And I am not my own. I don't belong to me anymore, but I belong to Jesus. And that's my heart for you guys, for me, for the the future. So I've been married to my beautiful wife, Skye. She was a a, a very attractive young barmaid 20 years ago when I was a sheep shearing down at Jerramungup and walked into the pub there and she poured a beautiful cold beer and the rest is history. Just waiting for her to sober up and realize who I am. <laughs> Not really, just joking. Uh, we've been married, yeah, married 18 years. Definitely has been the best 18 years of Sky's life, I'm told. And um, 
And we have three beautiful children. In fact, I think we move in signs and wonders. You will know our children because they all have bright red hair and we don't have any red hair. I've asked all the questions. It's, they're mine. But um, yeah, so you'll see them, three little redheads running around. And uh, we just, uh, I love our family. This morning, I really want to share a bit of our journey that brought us to where we are today. Uh, a, a message I call, What to Believe in Your Battle. I want to go directly, firstly, to the Word of God. Uh, if you've got your Bibles there or your apps and you can refrain from Instagram and Facebook for us old people, um, go to J- Joshua chapter 6 and we're going to be reading about when God's people under Joshua's leadership are about to go into the promised land. I love the book of Joshua because the book of Joshua doesn't just, I don't just read it, it really reads me. You know, we know, we know that they're out of Egypt, so they're out of slavery, they're out of sin, they're a free people. But who knows what it's like to be free but still wander around a wilderness. You could probably name some of your wildernesses. I know what it's like to sort of be a Christian, be saved, be out of sin, but just wandering, not really stepping into my purposes, not really stepping into all that God has for me. But, but the book of Joshua is so cool because this is where the people of God are going to stop wandering and step into the promises of God. And that's where we want to live. We want to live in the promises of God, in, in what He's promised. And that's what they're, they're in this pivotal time in history. And um, God is under Joshua's leadership, is going to take them in. So that's the context. I'm actually going to read a bit before that. You can leave that one on the screen if you like. That's my key verse today. But it says, if you go back a bit to get the context, in Joshua 5, verse 13, it says this. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, Joshua, notice there it said um, that was near Jericho, because we're about to see that this is the first city they're going to have to conquer, a place called Jericho. Yes, they're about to go into the promised land, but who knows the promised land is not absent from problems. Being a Christian is not the easy life, but it's the best life. And they're about to go in, and they've got Jericho in front of them. This is what happened, because Jericho was a very strong city, known for its walls. Its walls were impenetrable. Its walls were their defense and offense. No one came in, no one went out. This Jericho was impenetrable, immovable. Anyway, so Joshua, going up there, verse 13, uh, he sees a man with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up and asked him, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground, realizing this wasn't just any person, uh, in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Verse 15, the commander of the Lord's army replied this, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did. And here we go, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. I love this. Here we go. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. See, see, the rumors were going around what God was doing with the Israelites. What happened in the first five chapters, that God is with these people, that he parts waters for these people. I wonder what the rumors are going around about your life at the moment. When people think about your life and what they're hearing, what they're seeing, is it a, I pray it's a testimony of what God's doing, not how great you are, but how great God is in you. That's what these rumors, so, so people are freaking out about the Israelites. Then the Lord Uh, no one came in, no one went out of Jericho. They're barred up, man. But key verse, verse two, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and fighting men. You can leave that screen on there for a minute, please. And um, 
See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Now just catch this. Joshua is looking and all he's seeing is a city that cannot be moved. A city that's impenetrable. Its walls are huge. No, but the Lord wanted to have an encounter with Joshua. He wanted to get close and personal to him because he's about to go into the promised land. If he's going to know what it means to be a conqueror in the promises of God, God wants to start with some eye surgery eye surgery he's like I want you to see what I see he says see I have no Joshua I know in your natural eyes you see a a city that will not be moved in your natural sight this is impossible and I don't want you to look through natural eyes but I'm going to teach you that when you get into the promised land they won't say he should have gone to spec savers no because he actually saw the way God saw before he's teaching him to see the way God sees to see in the spirit and God was saying listen I want you to see the obstacle in front of you, how I see it, because if I can change your vision, then I'm going to change everything about the way you tackle this problem. And I just want to encourage you this morning, he's getting into his head, he's getting him to believe correctly in his battle. I love what the the proverb says, for as a person thinks in their heart, as a person believes in their heart, it's the heart is where we believe in our spirit, as they believe, so are they. Such a true statement. So he's saying, Joshua, I want you to believe correctly because how you see yourself in this situation, how you see God in this situation, how you believe is going to determine success or defeat, victory or defeat. How we believe is so important. Have you heard the term, I'm worried sick? It's not just a term, is it? It's a truth. Your believing, your worry can actually cause you to get sick and drain your immune system. Why? It's because of how you're believing. Joyce Meyer says, where the mind goes, the man follows. You are here today and wherever you're at in certain circumstances is a result of how you've been believing in your heart and thinking. And if you don't like what you're experiencing, the good news is you can start believing and thinking correctly to get your way out. And that's what I want to encourage you with this morning. Joshua is about to have a see I have mentality. Not see what I don't have, but see what I have. Now, I remember, and go to the next slide, thank you. And uh, thanks, media team, for being, I got here a bit later than I thought to get that on. They got it all up there. I remember we faced a Jericho a few years ago. And so this morning, I want to talk a bit testimony, a bit of the Word of God. But our Jericho was on uh, February the 10th, 2015, when I was shearing sheep out at a place called Nungarin and get the phone call from my wife that uh, we're taking our eldest son then, Blaze, six at the time, uh, over to hospital in Meriden because um, he'd chipped his tooth the day before. He got knocked at school and chipped his tooth and it just didn't stop bleeding all night. And I just thought, you know, you just suck it up, it'll be right. But she said, no, nah, we've got to take him over and, and get a blood test because he had all bruises at the time and I just thought that was normal. Everyone punches up their kids. Not really, no. He's had bruises and and I just thought it was just a normal young kid, six-year-old running around. But Sky was really concerned. And so with that mother's gut instinct, said, we've got to get a blood test and get this checked out. And I remember knocking off shearing and just going home and then thinking, you know, uh, I wonder where this is going to go. It's just hopefully over, in and out. That's how I like to go to hospital, in and out. I like in quick and out quick, not hang around. Anyway, long story short, I, could, I won't go on and on. Long story short, I remember driving over to Meriden and getting the news he needed to get on the Royal Flying Doctors to, to go to PMH because he needed a blood transfusion. I thought, oh, I can't be that bad. It's not in and out, but maybe just one night, one night down in PMH and back. 
at nine o'clock that night, I get the call from Sky that no parent ever wants to hear that your child has been diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Still get emotional talking about it. And um, <laughs> acute myeloid leukemia, pack up everything. And so we packed up everything and lived in Ronald McDonald House for six months. And that's what brought us down in 2015 to the city. And uh, our in and out hospital experience ended up being uh, a whole year. <laughs> uh, nine rounds, uh, eight or so rounds of chemo. Um, and, uh, and after four rounds, they thought, you know, he's going so good in remission. We'd go back to Mucker. We only got to go back for a month or two. And boom, it just come back. Come back with a vengeance. This disease being uh, chemo-resistant, couldn't be cured by chemo. Forty um, percent chance that it would be a successful journey from there onwards. And we were in a battle. We're in a battle. And you know, I love what Jesus said. He said, uh, "In this world, you will have trouble. Being a Christian doesn't disqualify you from adversity, but it does qualify you for victory in every adversity." I love that thought. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And I meet people that live on that side of that verse. They live there. Like everything's trouble. And they're negative. But you've got to get over to the other side of the verse. You've got to get over because Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Get on this side of the verse and live in the overcoming, conquering spirit of God. Okay? And so I just, in this battle that we're in, I want to share with you what we coined as core beliefs for crucial battles. I'm going to share with you some things that just became not a sermon at the time, but just as I look back, it's a sermon now. But some things as we went through a year's worth of chemo and, and going through all this stuff and found out that it could only be cured by a bone marrow transplant if we could find a match. And seeing that other people were just not finding matches was heartbreaking. But through, during this time, we developed, and what I look back on now, this is something I use every day of my life, core beliefs for crucial battles. Number one is this, if you like Joshua, if you're going to face your Jericho, number one, the first point is that the battle is already won. That's where we needed to start from. I remember uh, we, before we went in to start chemo, I rang around a couple of pastor friends and ended up getting uh, Victory Life Church. Uh, we're having a staff meeting the day before we were going in to start chemo and they invited us to come in and they wanted to pray over our son Blaze. And so we all went in as a family and, and we prayed over Blaze right there. And, and I just remember Margaret Court anointing him and just and different people. And it doesn't matter who you are. I just needed some support. I didn't really care. But you know what I mean? And we just wanted to have this prayer meeting. There was a reason why, though, because I felt in my heart as a dad that was shaking, as a dad that was fearful, as a dad that was terrified, and we needed to do something to draw a line in the sand to say we're going to trust God with this. And it was at that prayer meeting where we said, that's the moment now. And I remember going back to the oncologist and saying, don't want to start chemo, just check the bloods. He might be healed. Because we've prayed. And the, you know what the oncologist looks at you like when you say that. Okay. And uh, the cancer was still there. But, you know, just because Jericho's still there, God doesn't want you to see the Jericho. He wants you to see what he's done. And we were starting to confess, now the battle is already won. You are not someone here to get well. You are healed. And this is just making sure this never comes back and I remember stepping over the line and I remember one of the people at that prayer meeting came up and gave us a word of knowledge a prophecy over blaze which um, I've just kept in my wallet for, for years and there was a few different things one, one pastor came up and he says look I've got a word for you as we're praying doesn't sound great but but hear me out I'm like great he said the word is life sentence and I said oh no it doesn't sound great and he goes no it's the opposite of death sentence and so I held on to words like that as the battle is already won 
with long life, will you satisfy him? And we got into, into the start of chemo and we sat down with all our family knowing that Blaze would go into an isolated room and be treated in isolation for that year. We didn't know, but for that whole year, 240 days in one little isolated room, not allowed out at all, um, in about 30 to 40 day segments, going in and out for different chemo. That amount of time, we knew this room was going to be his world. So we sat down with our family and friends and we said, if you're going to be part of this journey, there's a rule in this room. And the rule is we never refer to sickness anymore. We never refer to him being sick frankly when he came in he didn't even really realize he was sick six years old with some bruises and then get told you're going to live here now and get plugged up to everything and away you go and I said we're going to create that room a place of faith so we would get all these wonderful cards from people saying but we never read them all sorry blazers here this morning we never read them all to you mate we never said the get well bit we just said oh I hope you get better we didn't read that we said you are better you are healed and some people think oh it's a bit fake isn't it I said no it's not fake it's faith It's not faking it, it's believing. God is the God that calls things that are not as though they were. And sometimes you've got to have the audacity and faith to start being like your God and start saying things that may sound stupid to other people, but you've got something in your heart, you've got a promise you're holding on to. So this isn't a sermon about whether you believe in healing or God heals or not. No, this is a sermon about when you've got a relationship with God and you've got a son who's in, he's under your covenant at that age, it's about your faith and trusting God to say, now what am I going to believe in this battle for my family? We chose to believe the battle is already won. I remember I went for a jog and I decided to make a Facebook page up for Blaze. And all the families that you journey with, they all make up different Facebook pages and people support them. And we had so much wonderful support through that 12 to 18 months. And I remember God in my heart as I'm running, he said, don't call this Facebook page Blaze's Battle. Don't call it Blaze's Sickness. Don't call it Cancer. Call it Blaze's Victory. And I just remember that just put a stamp of people, Blazer's victory. And we called that Facebook page that and just to say, you know what? The battle is won. Because God wants you to learn like Joshua, you fight not for victory, but from victory. You fight from a place of victory. It's like when I was um, helping out in a maths class when I was doing some chaplaincy. I don't know if there's any high school teachers in the place, but please don't be offended. I'm just really disgusted in some of the things that high school maths teachers do to students these days, mainly algebra. If that's got a border on child abuse, like I'm in there trying to help these kids and I'm like looking at X, Y, Z and I'm trying to figure it out and they're like, I'm meant to be the helper. And I remember sitting there with little Johnny or whoever it was and I just came across the most amazing thing. Those old math books, if you go to the very back of the book, the answers are there. And here's the cool thing I've discovered, it's quite profound. If you know the solution, it's much easier to figure out the problem. If you can know the solution first, the problem starts to work itself out. And who knows that in the book that we read, the answers are in the back of the book and we win. Come on, like we have the victory. So when Jesus was on the cross, I thought that's the solution. When he was on the cross and he stretched out his arms and he said, it is finished, that is your starting point for every battle. Your starting point is not what you're going through. It's what Jesus did at the cross, said it is finished. Now we start from there and work our way back to the problem. So Jesus stretched out his hands, said sin, sickness, everything, I'm carrying it, it is finished. 1 Peter 1.24, whatever it is, by his stripes you were healed. That's where I'm starting from. That's how I'm believing in my battle 
Victory is not when you get to remission. Victory is not when the problem disappears. Victory is not when the Jericho is down. Victory is the very fact that you know you have a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you through the valley of the shadow of death and on the mountaintop. That's victory. You know, I wasn't pre- waiting to, for this to sort of become good and hopefully Blaze goes okay and I can preach a victory sermon. We had victory when it was horrible because God was there with us. And his name is Victory. So I really, really think you've got to be like Joshua. See, I have. See, I have been healed. No, I don't see it. No, I'm not asking if you see it naturally. Do you see what God's saying? See, I have been provided for out of his riches, not mine. See, I have everything I need. So often we live in a world that sees what we don't have, talks about what we don't have. I don't have this. I don't have that. But you've got to see, I have. And if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. The second core belief you need for battle facing like a Jericho is this, number two, is that we can live in joy today. (laughs) This is a powerful, powerful thought. When you're going through a battle, so here's the thing. When you go through a really hard time, a stressful situation, a battle, the devil will strategically use it to deplete your joy levels. If he can get you to be depleted in joy, he can get you to lose your strength because who knows, the joy of the Lord is your strength so a strong christian has a spirit of joy they're not always happy because happy comes from happenings and when it's all happening and the bills are paid and the kids are happy and healthy and the happy wife happy life everything's happy but joy is not about happiness amen joy is an internal state of being that comes from a presence called jesus and when he's inside of you, you can access that joy 24-7. And you know what? I can live in joy today. But so many people, when they go through a battle, maybe something you're facing right now, you're like, oh, you say these words. I'll be happy when this is over. And the moment we live with that mentality that I'll be happy when this is over is the moment we postpone our joy and lose our strength. Of course, we'll be happy when it's over. But don't let destination disease steal your joy for today. You know, people say, oh, I'll be happy when I finish school. I'll be happy when I'm qualified. I'll be happy when I get that job. I'll be happy if I become this. I'll be happy when I get married. It's quiet in here. I'll be happy happy when I have kids. Be happy when the kids grow up and leave. I'll be happy when I get that job. I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when... But joy is what we can live in today. And I just found this powerful through, through, through going through a cancer journey like this to, to really access this. And one way I do it, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but it may be for you, is I like to go running. So I, I started running when I went through a burnout about 10 years ago, and I'd run 5Ks a day, and uh, that's probably not much for some people. For me, it was heaps. <laughs> and so in the hospital journey, Sky would often see me getting irritated or stressed and just uh, being a way less a version of myself and she'd say go for a run because you'll be back you come back different so I'd go for a run every day around Kings Park and but I remember specifically when we started the journey February 2015 and I was struggling with this dark heavy depression each morning uh, of realizing what we we're going to face and and man the thoughts that would go through your head and the, and just the horror and so I'd, I'd wake up and just be weeping and couldn't stop crying and and I just had enough of this heaviness, this real depression on me. And this one particular day, I went for this run. And I'm running down, you'll know it, Labashir Road near the zoo. And it's peak hour traffic in the morning. Now, when I say I was running, I was more Pentecostal running. 
And if you know what Pentecostal running is, I was like, had my hands in the air, I'm crying, I'm like yelling, and I had my headphones on so I can't hear anyone else, and I'm just praising Jesus, and I'm just like literally, and I felt God say to me, cast your care on me, because I care for you. Today's the day. So I'm running down Labyrinthia Road, peak hour traffic, up near the zoo, hands in the air, Jesus just giving it to God. Sky's back at the motel and gets a phone call from her best friend who was driving across Labyrinthia Road. <laughs> and she said to Sky, where's Brad? He's gone for a run. Yeah, and he's holding up traffic. Like, we're all stuck down here. What's he doing? Is he crying? Is he, what's he going on? Anyway, funny story. And I tell it because, honestly, something started to shift from that day when I would praise God. See, what I was doing, as the Bible calls it in Isaiah, I was putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that wants to get on you, and you need to get it off by putting on the garment of praise. And listen, the wording is interesting. Sometimes it feels like a put-on. I don't want to praise God. We're going through cancer. It's a put on, but it's a, you've got to actually put it on and say, I will speak to my soul. I will praise the Lord. You know, and you start to put it on. You praise God in the storm. And as you praise him, I just felt that oppression lift. Not straight away, but the next day, the next day, lift, lift, clarity come, hope come, uh, freedom come. Why? Because it's time to live in joy today. Don't let the devil steal your joy today when you can live in it you like but I'm still addicted you can still have joy but I'm still struggling I can still have joy I'm still got this on I you can still have joy because it's not determined on circumstance it's determined on a relationship you know what David said restore unto me the joy of your of this situation was it the joy of this situation it was the joy of my salvation salvation outweighs any situation come on just come back to what he's done for you amen so we can live in joy today, and that really did help through facing the Jericho. And we know that in the context of Joshua, they had to put on their garment of praise, didn't they? Facing that wall before it came down, later on when they go out and march around the wall, and they've got to shout out under God with a voice of triumph, and then the walls come down. Here's something to think about. Maybe your wall is threatened by your voice praising God. That's when the cracks start coming, when you speak to that thing and say, no, not today in Jesus' name. And it starts to come down. That's a whole other sermon. Number three, another core belief, we're nearly there, for crucial battles, is that God hears my prayers. Number three, God hears my prayers. Don't you think that so often when you are in a hard situation, prayer, it's like, it's the like, oh, we've tried everything else. We might as well try and pray now, I suppose. <laughs> Where prayer is our first resort. Prayer is our spiritual breath. It's the first thing. I just, I just remember we started that journey with prayer in our relationship with God. And, and I remember when I went to, to see Blaze get on the Royal Flying Doctors that day in Meriden, I remember going up to him and he's there lying down and in his bed and about to go on. I said, mate, I'm going to pray for you. And I remember he turned around, he looked, didn't turn around, he's lying there, he put his hand on his head and he said, I've already done that, Dad. Like a real televangelist type of like a Benny, I've, I've already done that. I was like... But I just thought, man, that's so cool. That's so cool. He was only six, and, you know, I, I love sport and grew up playing lots of sport, and I love to, you know, to teach my kids if they, if I, if they want to, to kick a footy, to, to hit a ball, to, to, to do whatever. But the be best thing we can teach our kids is how to pray, is how to talk to Jesus, how to trust in Him. Because when they face their lion's den, they don't know, need to know how to kick a footy. They need to know how to be in communion with God when the lions are around them. That's the most powerful thing we can give the next generation in the hand, the sword of the Spirit in their hands. And we, but I just remember the, 
the, the feeling of prayer. It, you've got to believe your prayers make a difference. James says the prayer of a righteous person avails much. And when I was younger, I used to read that and I go, I just wish I could be a righteous person so it could avail much. And then you realize the gospel says you are righteous, as we've heard at communion today. We are, you are right with God right now based on everything Jesus did. Religion is spelt D-O. Christianity is spelt D-O-N-E. It is finished. It is done. You're righteous with God, and when you pray, he hears a son or a daughter's voice. And you know what it's like? I mean, my kids, you know, when it comes to our house, not once have they asked if they could open the fridge door. Ever. They just don't, they grow up and they just expect that fridge door is theirs. And they open it a lot and a lot. And then I open our bank account a lot for that fridge door to keep opening. I've got to oil the hinges. And you know what it's like when you've got kids. But who knows, they just know that in my father's house, in my mum and dad's house, this stuff that we have provision access to is ours. We expect it. I'm not talking about arrogantly demanding of God, but knowing that you are a righteous son or a daughter means that everything in God's fridge belongs to you. Everything he's got belongs to you and you can boldly come to the throne of grace and get what you need in your time of need. So what do you need this morning in your battle? Do you need joy? You've got it. Open the fridge. It's in here. It's in your spirit. He's deposited it. Do you need provision? You've got it. It's in him. Do you need hope? You've got it. Do you need light? Your prayers make a difference. God is not far from you. Pray like a righteous person. And the last point I want to close on is this. It's a bit of a cliche point, but I like it. It says that my setback is a setup. You know, we know that going through a battle, often you think, this is it. What if this is it? What if I don't get back from this? You know, when you're trusting Jesus, you know, the battle of Jericho for Joshua was just a setup of a whole lot more victories in his life. A whole lot more victories in his life. I want to submit to you what you're going through, the biggest battle that you're facing right now. And look, God cares. It could be a headache or it could be cancer. It's In God's sight, some people go through cancer like with more faith than people with a headache go through. It's not the size of the battle that you're going through. God just loves you and cares. But he wants you to know that he will use all things together for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. And when you know that everything in your life is going towards the direction of God's purpose, not Brad's purpose, but God's purpose, it helps you to know this, this is a setback, but I'm believing it's a setup. I'm believing God's going to set it up for something. I think of Joshua in the Old Testament. I think that scripture's there, Genesis. Joshua, talk about a guy that went through some, sorry, Joseph went through some setbacks, Joseph, man. I mean, he had a dream from God as a young guy, and then the dream from God, he tells his brothers, and through rejection, he gets thrown into a pit of rejection, and I bet there's people here this morning that know what that feels like to be in a pit of rejection. It's a setback. Maybe someone walked out, someone left, and there's that pit of rejection, and you think, this is a setback. Maybe someone left, and Joseph's in that pit, but it's a setback, but he gets out of the pit, and he ends up in another setback. He ends up in a pot of, uh, sold to slavery. He's in Potiphar's house, and he's just been a slave, and then he gets falsely accused. Maybe someone here knows what it's like to be lied about, to be talked about it's not the truth and you can't really defend it Joseph knew that setback and it didn't let it don't let that stop you when God knows your heart and he gets out of the, the Potiphar's house and he finds himself the next setback was prison and he's in prison but God hasn't forgotten about him even though other people did forget about him in prison 
But eventually he gets to the palace. And when he gets to the palace and he finally gets to see his brothers that rejected him, he finally gets to face the Jerichos. He finally gets to face the adversities. He doesn't look at them and get all angry and say, oh, I'm going to use this to get you back. I love what he says in the scripture. He says, as for you, you meant this evil against me. But God meant it for good. He's not saying it's great. I don't like sickness. I don't like bad things happening. I'm not running around looking for the next bad thing to happen in my life. But I know that through all things, every time we look back, we can see that God's hand's been on it. Joseph looked back and yes, there was a setback, 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 but it set him up to fulfill the vision that God had for him. And I believe even in our little battle, I've seen so many setups that have blessed my heart. There's probably not two weeks to three weeks to go by that Sky and I don't, don't have opportunity to talk and minister with other families that are going through similar journeys, some in other countries, Skyping them, FaceTiming. There's not a moment I don't look back when I remember, and I get emotional talking about it, I remember preaching the gospel in a little old shearing shed out at Nungarra, not far from when I was shearing when Blaze was diagnosed. We had a hundred men at a mighty men's conference packed in this little shearing shed, and I preached the gospel that night. And I said, if you want Jesus, come to the front tonight. Come down to the front. He died publicly for you. Come publicly re- receive him. And no, no men come forward. And I was about to close it off. And I hear these footsteps from the back of the shearing shed. Come down to the board. <laughs> and it was Blaze. There he was. He'd been through the treatment. It was 2017. And he came to the front to publicly give you. I said, I said to him, I thought you believed. Because I do, but I've never done this. I've never done it publicly. And there's power in that. It was a setback, but it was a setup. I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, if you can have faith to believe, and God has given you that faith, you don't need to muster it up. Please don't hear from my sermon this morning that we would just cruise through these five years and we just cruised through it and Brad had so much faith that, man, I was on the floor in tears. I was on my knees praying. I was humbling myself saying, God, I cannot do this. I am a wreck. I need your power. I need your strength and I need that every day. That's where we find our strength from. I remember... In 2010, just after Blaze was born, we, we were told we couldn't have kids. And we went through IVF and Blaze was born. And then Sky was just really struggling with a, a, a degenerative bone disease in her back at the time. And we didn't think we were going to be able to have more kids. And we'd been praying scriptures over her. Long story short, another sermon, but God healed her back. And she conceived and we gave birth to Chloe in a few months later. Now, Chloe, that was in 2010. And I didn't know it. I thought I was praying for a healing for Sky's back, but little Chloe came out. I didn't realize that six years later when they said, you need a bone marrow match or this is not going to end well. You need a bone marrow match for Blaze. Test me, negative. Test Sky. Test all our family. No one's a match, but guess who was a match? Chloe. For six years, she was carrying inside of her the blood, the answer to the problem. For six years, she had the solution for a problem that we didn't even know about. I thought I was praying for Sky's back, but God said, I can see a problem that transcends time. Just have faith in me. I've got the solution. Before you even get to Jericho, I've got the solution. See, I have delivered it into your hands. And on January the 7th, 2016, Chloe gave her blood to Blaze in a bone marrow stem cell transplant. And then however many mills it was, I've got it on video, went into his blood and that blood transformed him and he's here today, five and a half years clear, all glory to Jesus Christ. And so as I close this morning,
may not have a blood cancer, but we all have a cancer called sin that needs the blood of Jesus Christ to cover. We all need that blood, that restoring, transforming power. But I want to encourage you this morning to have faith, to trust God, because the devil is always in our ear. And if he was here this morning, he would preach the same sermon I preached. He really would. He would just preach it backwards. He would say this, the battle is over, you lose. He would say, you can't live in joy until you get this sorted out. Your battle is doing, but no, you can't have joy today. He would say, your prayers are ineffective. They hit the ceiling and bounce around. Don't even worry about praying. And he would say, this is a setback and you'll never get over this. But I'm here to tell you this morning, because I love you, that the devil is a liar. And the truth and the knowledge of the truth will set you free. That God believes in you. You might be here this morning and don't believe in God. I want to tell you, He believes in you. And He died for you. So Father, let's, let's pray. Father, says we finish this morning, Lord, it's not finished. It's just beginning. I thank you for that word, Lord. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your power. Father, this morning as we just let that sit in our hearts. I pray for every person here today, representing every life all different, but Lord, you know it personally. Lord, I pray the lights come on and you would help them to see that inside of them is everything they need if they've got Jesus. I pray for anyone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, today would be the day they call out on the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, I need forgiveness. I need my sin covered. I need what you've done. I need you in my life. If that's you, I'd love to talk to you after all talk to one of your friends that come with you to say, I want to get my life right with God. Why don't we all just stand to our feet in this atmosphere. Father, as we're standing, we stand before you. And I just pray for Kalamunda Church, a blessing over them, Lord. May you continue to direct them and guide them through this season. That you would give the leaders and elders clarity and this church continued peace in their decision making but more than that Lord that they would know you are leading them not a person not a man not a pastor but that the spirit of God the Lord himself Jesus is leading this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against and everybody said Amen. Amen